Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. So we've kind of gotten a little bit into it, but I want to talk about your business and what you're doing and how it all got started. So the, the marketing business started because I was teaching those computer classes for seniors and seniors didn't need websites. So I just didn't really do you know anything with that. And I didn't know any business people at the time. Well, I started teaching at the high school at night, the community education classes. And there was a lot of business people that would come to those because it was like, learn Word, learn Excel, you know, that kind of thing. And they didn't know anything about marketing. Some of them were starting businesses. Some of them had businesses, but they needed some of the basics also. So I started meeting them and one person said, well, you should go to a business networking event. And I was like, what the heck is that? I don't even know. Because I thought to myself, I don't have a business really. I'm doing these classes. I'm doing these classes. Oh, I I go to people's homes on the side. Like it didn't occur to me that like the whole thing was a business. And so I was like, well, what's business networking? How does that work? They took me to one of the events. It was amazing. I was like, there are other people who have businesses out there. (laughs) Cause I didn't think that like anybody else was doing anything like I was doing. So I started going to all these events and realizing that I had all these new clients that I could reach. And then I started teaching at the college, met more business people. And the first year I got into networking, I I thought, you know what? I could do this. I could run one of these groups way better than some of these groups are run. And I'm still running my computer repair business. I'm starting to do more websites now. And then I decided I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to become one of the most well-known people in my city. And I'm going to network three times a day for a year. And I did that. I went to three meetings a day, every single day for one year. It was exhausting. (laughs) Thinking about that is exhausting. exhausting. (laughs) And I did my work at night. And then in between, I would teach class or, you know, whatever, meet with people. And I became one of the most well-known people. Well, then I decided, now I have this well-known status. Everyone knows who I am. I go to all these meetings. I've been to every meeting that ever comes up on Meetup. Like, I went to all of them. And... I started seeing groups that didn't have leaders, like they just were defunct, but people would show up and then be like, where's the leader? And everybody would go, I don't know. And then they would just kind of leave. So I started contacting each group and saying, okay, if you don't have a leader, let me have your group. And they would do that. And they would just give me their groups. I ended up with about 15 groups a month that I ran. Some of them had two meetings a month, some of them one meeting a month. And then I ran um, all those groups for about a year simultaneously. And that was fun. And then I decided that that wasn't, you know, that was good. That had its run. And from all that is where I really met all of my clients. And a lot of my clients was teaching, networking. And I started to build this other side of the business. So the computer repair side started to kind of wane. And I had some people that were working for me at the time, but I really was focusing on this new business to business aspect And then I developed some formulas for myself because I was so busy. I didn't have time to do all my own in marketing. I developed these formulas and those are now what is known today as absolute marketing. 
Wow, that is incredible. I I could not imagine doing all of that networking <laughs> at all. And then on top of that, you know, running these groups and, you know, that mean your focus is all of these different places yeah. and that takes a lot of mental strength for sure. Um, yeah, it was it was stressful for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, absolute marketing what do you guys do? So we work with nonprofits and small businesses to create all of their marketing for an entire year in just five days. And we create an entire brand, including an ebook day one, an entire website from start to finish with um, whatever functionality they need on day two. Day three is tw six to 12 months of social media posts, all created, implemented, written graphics, all of that scheduled into a scheduler. And then day four is email marketing, or I'm sorry, blogging. We do 12 months of blog posts, create the graphics, do all the writing, like all that stuff is done in one day. And then we go ahead and set up the um, emails that will go out about the blog post on day five, and also any other like drip campaigns or anything like that that they might need on day five. And it's all for a whole year and it's done. Wow, that is, I need that in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is incredible. So uh, a lot of, our listeners are women that have survived domestic violence, are restarting their lives and all of this. So what advice can you give them to that would maybe help them decide, should I start a business? Should I go to a nine to five? Where is this, where should I go in life and how do I decide that? Well, I think that uh, a lot of people have a lot of good ideas when it comes to maybe starting a business but not all of them are going to make money. So for example, a friend of mine and I were talking about how we were really intrigued by this one industry and this one type of business. And we were like, wow, this would be really great. They must be making a killing. Well, we did an analysis of the business and we ended up realizing that indeed, in fact, they were making a killing. <laughs> and we realized that we could do it also. And we are going to be starting that business up um, in the coming months. But the way that we did the calculations was really important. You can go online and get a free one-page business plan. These one-page business plans that have what's called break-even calculations in them, they will actually allow you to create all of your structure of a business, like who you're going to be serving, how you're going to be serving them, um, what kind of marketing you'll need to do. And then you start listing all your expenses. And when you list the expenses and then you add in, do I need this to be a lifestyle business or is this a side business? So lifestyle means I need it to pay my bills. And side business means if I make money, great. If I don't make money, you know, it's, it's kind of okay too. So like you have other income. And so this break-even calculation though will help you decide is this book business going to make money? I did this. I do this with all my clients that come to me with new business ideas. And one of my clients came to me and she said, I, I was coaching her and she said, okay, I have this business idea. This is what I want to do. She wanted to coach um, and mentor people who are going through cancer because she had been through cancer. She was also a nurse. She wanted to help them on the, the faith and spiritual side as well. So I thought this was a great business. But then I said, how are you going to make money? And she said, well, they'll pay me. Okay, some people might pay you for that. And I understand they need that mentorship, that help. They want that support. And so then we started talking about how much they would pay her, how many hours she would need to work in order to 
make, you know, the certain amount of money. And then we started talking about her expenses, her website, her advertising, you know, those kind of things, her office, because she needed an office space where she could hold these meetings. So we, we came, when it came down to it, she was going to charge $60 an hour. And for the money she wanted to make and, and also pay her expenses, she was going to have to work at least 15 to 30 hours a week, depending on a couple different factors, like where her office was, how much it was, all that stuff. She said to me, I want to do this like one or two days a week. And I want to do it for like a couple hours. <laughs> I said, no, that's not going to work. You can clearly right. see the numbers. So I really encourage people to go online, just get a free one page business plan. They're, just, they're everywhere but make sure it has like a break-even calculation on it. You can even just look up break-even calculations. But when you do the business plan, it actually says who you're serving, what you're doing, and you really can lay it out. And then you do that break-even calculation and you can really see how much would it actually cost me to do this? And can I afford to do that? And how much would it make me back? So again, for like for the business that I'm doing with my friend, we sat down, we did all the numbers, we did a per person cost, you know, it's three cents for this and one cent for that. And, you know, all of these numbers and calculations. And when it comes down to it, if it looks like it's going to work, you have to follow the plan you just created exactly. Otherwise, it won't work out the same way. And you can always change what's in that plan. You can show it to people. But it gives you this way to get it out of your head and say, it's a good idea, I think, and put it on paper. And now you can share it with people and you can actually say, what do you think of this? You can take it to your friend's who know of finance and accounting, you can take it to other business owners and say, this is my idea. Because if someone brought me one of those and we did like a one hour coaching session on that, I would just start poking holes all in it because that's what they would need, you know? So you can take it to people, but I like the fact that you can just put it on paper or on a sheet and just really say, this is what it looks like laid out. And then you can look back at it and go, do I really want to do that? Is that really where my passion lies? So that's just something I encourage people to do if they're thinking about starting a business or if they're not sure. I love that. I think it's such good, actionable advice for somebody to do it. It's so easy to just go online and, and print it out and just start writing, get your words out, get your thoughts out. So I think that is uh, really good advice. The, the next thing is the marketing that you guys do. How important is it to do that whole year of planning ahead of time? You know, why not three months at a time or six months at a time? What is, what makes doing a whole year more advantageous? Well, when your brain is pulled in so many different directions, it kind of stops working. <laughs> and if we think about it, you, you've, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've been listening for about 40 or so minutes and you're in a zone, you know, if you've been listening the whole way through, your brain has kind of focused in on what we're talking about right now. And it takes your brain some time to switch tasks. So when we are doing our day-to-day -day life, we might get a text and then we're on Facebook and then we're, you know, there's all these things happening. Then our email dings and then someone's asking us a question and then the phone might ring or maybe you'll hear something outside or, you know, all these things happening at once. And so our brain is constantly processing that information. When we sit down and we actually do one task for a straight eight hours, one, your brain can actually go into like a hyperdrive because it's like, wait a minute, there's no email, there's no phone calls. I only have to do one thing at a time right now and maybe just worry about eating at some point. 
okay, I can do that, you know, and it just kind of kicks in overdrive. The first two hours are the hardest. My clients will sit there, they'll look around, they'll like, you know, oh, do, can I get some water? Like they're just, their brain wants to be thing, 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 busy, 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 busy. But once they actually settle in and like hour three kicks in, they're like, boom, idea, 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 idea. And they can just focus. So I love just taking that eight hour time period and giving us a goal of, of 12 months. Sometimes we get in like eight or nine months and that's okay too. Like we're done way more than they had before, which was nothing, but it gives your brain that chance to just calm down and you can actually be creative because we are all creative, but if we don't give our brains that chance to be creative and, and sometimes it takes two, three, four hours for that to kick in for some people. But once it does, they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did that much in one day. And they didn't realize that their brain and that themselves was capable of doing that. So that's why I do the 12 and 12 months in a day. I love it. And it, and it just proves not only just for business, but that, you can accomplish things because even a, you know as entrepreneurs as parents or even if you are in a domestic violence situation a lot of times your brain is focused on that relationship and how to make it better how to stay safe how to do all these different things and so you can't even focus on anything else and so yeah. you know being able to sit down and you know if you've left that situation being able to sit down with somebody and prove to yourself that you can focus on one thing is just going to make it so much easier to accomplish more in life. Absolutely. And I, I do believe definitely in something called um, Parkinson's law. And this is what the entire absolute marketing system is built on is that if you give the law says that if you give a task an amount of time, it will take that amount of time. So if you say, we're going to do branding and it's going to take us four weeks and by the end, you'll have a brand. Yes, it's going to take you four weeks to get that done. But if you say, we're going to create your brand and an ebook, which people never believe me, an ebook in one day, why not? We can yeah. do it all the time. <laughs> right. So if I give it, if I give it eight hours, we got eight hours, we're going to get it done. Is it going to be, you know, 500 pages and make you millions of dollars? No, that's not what it's meant for. It's meant to give you this freebie, to give you this, and give you a brand that you can actually build things on, the right colors, the right fonts. Like there's, there's reasons and there's, there's um, place for this. It's not for everybody, but if you can accomplish those things in eight hours, why would you spend four weeks on it? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that is so true. And it's, it seems to be kind of the theme in, in business is, you want to give yourself that extra time just in case something happens when it's like, well, you could just do it right now and forget about it and it'll be done. <laughs> I always give myself, uh, I give my team deadlines and I give them a deadline of like two or three days. And sometimes they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it in two or three days. I'm like, well, you can try. And that's our deadline. <laughs> right. And really the deadline is actually five days. Like my actual hard and fast deadline when I told the client it would be done is five days. Because I know that if something goes wrong, we have a buffer. But if you yeah. tell someone they have a buffer, it's like, well, be there be about 3.30. They're going to get there at like 3.45. You know, yeah. you have that friend, right? They're going to do that. Um, oh, yeah. If you say we have to be there at three because the bus we're getting on is leaving at three, they will be there at three. And if they're not and the bus is gone, that's their lesson learned. You know what I mean? So I feel like in, in like you said, in business, we don't want to give ourselves too much time 
because then we will always take up that extra time. <clears throat> we'll always have like, okay, my call's at 11. I'm going to get dressed at 1055, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Yep. But if you say I have to be ready at 1030, that's the time I have to be ready. It doesn't matter if the call's at 10 or 11 or two, it doesn't matter. I'm going to be dressed and ready by 1030. Then you will be, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's all about willpower and brain power. And I think that it, you know, even just setting those simple goals of I'm going to be ready by 1030 is, you know, just one step closer to preparing yourself for the, the rest of the day or the next thing that you have to do for sure. Yeah. And uh, calendars are helpful. Yes. Dean calendars that ding at you all the time. <laughs> yes. I see it. I have like, ding, ding. right. I have like things scrolling on my computer right now. They're like all of these different notifications. So it's been very helpful. Yes. Uh, but wrapping up, we just have a few questions that we ask every guest. And so the first one is, what are your goals for the next year? It doesn't have to be calendar year. It can be just the next 12 months. So I have um, rebranded my business to Beyond the Cause. We did that right before COVID happened. So we're going to continue with that. And I would like to add more team members to that and get more clients to support those team members. So that's my goal is to really grow that business um, to the point where, you know, it's, it's kind of thriving on its own without having to be pushed so much. You know, when you start something new or you switch to something new, everyone had to pivot. So we're all pushing everything uphill at the moment, but you know, having it so where it's rolling along by itself and doing well, that's one of my goals. My other goal is to try out this new business that I'm working with my friend on and see where that goes. I'm, I'm being mum about it for a moment, but, but yeah, just working on that and seeing if this becomes something it's, it's a really fun business. So it's not something that I'm, you know, not even in my lane, I'm totally going outside of my lane, but it's just something fun on the side that I'd like to see go somewhere. And, and if not, you know, it was fun to work on. So it's another project. And then I think the other piece is my husband and I've been trying to have children for a while. So hopefully that will become a thing. And let's see, there was one other thing I was going to say, oh yes, my house needs so many renovations. So <laughs> I like, I need two bathrooms redone. I need my porch screened in. I need new windows. Like I have this whole list of projects that I'm working on and just things like that. I mean, I just, I like having fun with those things. And hopefully we will eventually be traveling again. And I'd like to just travel and just go places because I like to do that in general. I love it. Are you a, a DIY, DIYer or do you hire people to come in and do those I am things? a hirer. Um, <laughs> I can DIY some things, but I know my limits. I am not going to take any drywall out. So <laughs> yeah, I love it. We, we're building out our patio and I refuse to hire people. It's so funny. Like, <laughs> I, we, we moved into this place last year and it didn't have a fence. So I was like, it's okay. I'll build the fence for a two thirds acre property. I'll build the fence. It'll be okay. <laughs> My husband's like, no, we're going <laughs> to hire someone. <laughs> it is the dead of summer. Like you're not doing this. So that's, I had to ask because I'm complete opposite. I, I will do everything. <laughs> I, then, I'm like that way. Like we painted our whole house in side. Like we did all that, you know, like I would like little things like that. And you can see, like, if you come in like the room, like the ceilings have a little bit of paint on, like you can see where it's like not perfect at all, but I don't even care about it. Like that doesn't even bother me. So like little things like that I'll take care of. But when it's like, Oh, we need to replace this toilet. I'm like, mm, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The next question is what would the new you say to the old you? Hmm. 
I think before my divorce and as in people that know me now, they think I'm the same, you know, they think I was like the same all along, but I know that before I was very meek and very shy. I mean, I wasn't a shy person. I would talk to anyone literally, but I was very shy kind of in internally. Like I didn't want to make anybody upset. I didn't want to, you know, I was people pleaser and I just want to make sure everything was good. And, and if you said something to me that upset me, I'd just be like, okay. And then over here I'd cry, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think I've gotten to the place since the divorce and, and all the things I've gone through and building the business is to have confidence. And a lot of people think that I'm overly confident. Some people have called me uh, cocky and arrogant, but at the same time, it's, it's only confidence that's earned. I've earned the confidence. I have proven that I can do these things. I've proven that I know the answers to these questions. Um, I don't know everything. And I, I know that for sure. I'm, I'm not an expert at everything. I have my field and I have specific things I, I'm really good at. And if I don't know something, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. Or if I do something wrong, I'm going to be like, yeah, I kind of messed it up. Let me fix that for you. But at the same time, you know, confidence has been a huge thing. And it's not necessarily something that's just going to come overnight either. You have to really rebuild it, especially if it's been torn down like mine was. Because I was a very confident child and kid, like I could do anything. And my parents taught me you could be or do anything you want. But then I went through that divorce and I really felt like I was worthless and I, I wasn't, but I had to remind myself that of, of that and other people had to remind me of that as well. And so I think confidence is the biggest thing. And if you don't know if you can do something, tell someone, I've never done this before, but I'd really like to try. And will you pay me X dollars for it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I think confidence is a, is a huge piece of that. And just remembering that if someone tells you you're not good or you, you did horrible or they don't like the way you're doing this and they don't agree with you or whatever. That's their opinion of it. And there's probably 10 or 12 or 20 or a hundred other people that will say the exact opposite. So not letting that one person just kind of get in there and ruin everything when not really needed. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I love that you give that confidence piece because I think that, like you said, people call you arrogant or cocky, but it's because women aren't supposed to be confident, right? Every man's like, oh, a confident woman is sexy. But then when we're actually confident, they're like, wait, no, I didn't actually mean that. Can you <laughs> dial it back a bit? So I think yep. it's really important for women to know that it's not arrogance. It's not cockiness. It's not bitchiness. It's, yeah. you know, your stuff and you know what you expect of yourself and what you expect of other people and holding those people to those expectations is not wrong. So I'm really glad yeah. And, and, and some people even are intimidated by it. And so then they just get angry at you or yeah. they, they try to put you down. Like you said, like dial it back. So instead of saying dial it back girl, they're like, well, you know, you don't really know this or you're not good enough for that. I had a, I had a client the other day ask me, I, I told them something that my lawyer had said to me and that we wouldn't be able to perform the service that they required. And I was really sorry about that. We thought we could, I talked to the lawyer. We turns out we're not able to, you know, and I'm relaying this information to her and telling her I'm sorry and offering to change our contract, you know, all these things, trying to be accommodating. And she's like, well, I want to talk to your lawyer. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm a business owner here. You're not my mom. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and so, so that kind of thing, I was like, no, no, I'm, I'm telling you the information. If you don't believe me, sorry. If you don't want to do it that way, sorry, but I'm not going to do the service that, you know, you requested and I'm not able to legally. And she was like, well, I just don't think it's right. I thought we had a trust relationship. <laughs> and I was like, well, we do. And I trust that you will 
you know, understand where I'm coming from here. And so it was just one of those things, like she was trying to push down like, oh, this and you're not good enough. And I need to talk to your mom, you know, <laughs> your, yeah. your mom, you know, and it was just, I had to stand firm in that. And at the moment, my people pleaser inside me was going, oh my gosh, she hates you. She's going to fire you. Oh heavens, what's going to happen? And then when I got off the phone with her, I felt so good that I just stood my ground and I, I was confident and I stood that. And even though in the inside, I was like, oh, trembling, it's going to, what's going to happen and worried on the outside. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a business owner. This is my policy. This is what my decision is. Take it or leave it. Definitely. And, and she took it and we went forward we're moving forward. And I feel like the relationship is a little like got some ridges in it now, you know, it's not smooth. But that's what I have to deal with. And, and we talked about earlier, it's temporary. You know, she'll get over it. I'm over it. I got over it. You know, it was a little awkward. But, you know, it's, it's those kind of things you have to just push through. And even though sometimes I'll think back to that and go, oh my gosh, what if she does fire me? Oh my gosh. What? No, I made the right decision. I'm, I have to go back to being confident about that. Even though in my mind that waffles, you know, I'm not always just, I'm so confident. Look at me. I put that out there because it's kind of me also telling myself, See, you're so confident. Look, you did it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and I think a lot of people try to test boundaries with other people. And so you have to be confident in your boundaries and what you want to set with other people. And you don't, yeah. you can't waver from them because then there's no point in having boundaries. So exactly. I definitely agree that, you know, you just kind of have to, when you, when you, when you put your foot down, keep it down and, and keep moving forward. Because a lot of people they're going to agree with you in the end. They're going to yeah. accept you in the end. They just want to see like, how far can I push this to get, yeah. you know, you know, a discount or yeah. this to go my way or, or any of this stuff. So it's just definitely about confidence and, and things like that for sure. Especially the discount thing. I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> so many people will say, well, they don't have any money. I want to give. So if you tell me you don't have any money, you know what I do with people that say that to me? I go get the book profit first. I hand it to them and say, come back in three months. You'll have plenty of money. Yep. <laughs> exactly. If, if there's always a solution, you know, or I tell them, Hey, there's this $11 book you can buy and, and it's, it'll help you. It'll fix all your money problems, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, and, and then people will say like, Oh, well, nonprofits don't have any money. You can't charge them like you charge other companies. So I just figured out a way that made it for nonprofits for like, when we work with them, we actually charge them a percentage. That's how nonprofits think. Yes. They don't think in terms of, oh, it's going to cost me two grand a month to have this service. They're like, that's too much. I'm a nonprofit. I don't have any money. But when I say I'm going to charge you 4% of your total income for the year, they're like 4%, that's nothing. But really it ends up being like two grand. Yeah. So you have to speak in terms and you can't, like you said, don't say like, oh, well, I'll give you a discount because you're a nonprofit or, oh, well, I'll just do what you say because you say you don't have any money. I'll, I'll discount it like half or three quarters or more. If you want to help somebody, just help them. Don't even worry. Just, I'm just going to help you for free. I do that yeah. all the time. I'm like, you know what? I know you don't have any money. Let me talk to you for an hour. I'll help you for free. But I'm not going to say, oh, here's my whole program discounted 50, 30, 100%, whatever. I'm going to give you some advice. We're going to talk through it. I hope you have a good day, whatever, you know? So, so discounting is huge. Like I try not to do that anymore. And people ask me, was there a discount if I do more than one day or I'm like, no, <clears throat> yeah, there's not. <laughs> I love it. No, there's not. <laughs> uh, but I, and you bring up nonprofits and we are nonprofit and it's so funny because we've, we were business first before nonprofit. So 
all the time I'm like, like we're planning a conference right now and I'm like, oh, it costs 30,000 for this venue. It costs 25 for this venue, all this stuff. And my board members are like, well, can't you get it for free? And I'm like, where? Like, <laughs> if yeah. you find me a free venue, yes, I will take it. But as of right, right now, we need to raise $30,000. So let's, <laughs> right. yeah. So I a hundred percent get that mindset for sure. So the next question is what can you recommend to our listeners to get them through a tough time or what's helped you get through a tough time? Something like meditation or reading or just different things. There was a book that I read during, during my divorce and I'm going to look up really quick what the name of, I don't remember the exact title of it, but it was by Kristen Armstrong. Oh, here it is. It's by Kristen Armstrong and it's entitled Happily Ever After. And it was about her, she was actually married to Lance Armstrong, uh, the, the cycler, and she went through a divorce with him, and she was a Christian, and she ended up writing a book about her year of divorce, and how he actually divorced her to go be with Cheryl Crow. So, and actually how Cheryl Crow came to her afterwards, I think it was after he had left Cheryl Crow, and was like, how did you deal with this? Like, came to the woman that she stole her husband from, basically. <laughs> I was like, help me. I need help. So, and, and this is all from what I remember from the book, but it's called Happily Ever After. It's by Kristen Armstrong and she's written several other books as well, but it's a daily devotional and it's a little story, a little snippet, a little encouragement every single day. And I think that even if you haven't gone through a divorce, if you've just gone through a bad breakup, if you've left a bad situation, like you mentioned earlier, it's, it's geared towards people through going through divorce, but it really is that person that she's just giving her experience of that. But it's really for anyone who's going through anything really, really difficult, where they've had this separation, they've had this maybe a death, maybe something like that, where you've just had this total separation all of a sudden. And so, and it's also kind of talking about the death of a dream. You know, my dream was to be married and have kids and have a family. And why would I need to do that twice to find the right person? You know, and this, this happened and I thought I would never find anybody. And so this really also kind of got me through realizing that that dream was not really what I should have been focusing on. And again, that temporary idea is, is a piece throughout her book as well. Like this will pass, this will pass. So it's a really great book. It's called Happily Ever After by Kristen Armstrong. I love it. I am definitely going to read that because I think it's just, even if you're not going through a tough time to know how to prepare for it, because it's not if it's when, you know, it's yeah. life, right? It could be any going type of thing. It could be any type of thing as well. Right. Awesome. And then finally, how can our listeners reach you if they want to hear more about you? I know you've got a podcast, social media links, website, and those types of things. Yes. Uh, beyondthecause.co is our website. You can also find out about me and I do speaking as well, elizabethpampalone.com. And my podcast is the Absolute Marketing Podcast. It's on iTunes and all that stuff. And it is a two-minute podcast. So I take two minutes give a tip, talk about something, usually from conversations I've had with people recently. And I just create a bunch of podcasts and, and they come out every week and they're only two minutes. So if you don't have two minutes, come on, you, you can take two minutes. <laughs> I love that, that I've never heard of a two minute podcast, but that's awesome. I think it's so important because people have such short attention spans. And also like with podcasting, everybody's thinking like, oh, well, listen, while I commute, I'll do this while I'm working yeah. out. Well, now our whole commuting has changed and everybody's like, you know, uh, do I have 45 minutes now to listen to a podcast? Yep. So it's 
definitely a good angle to take of, well, you have two minutes, so yeah. <laughs> let's do this. That's awesome. And it's, it's definitely like one of those like teeth brushing ones. Like, you know, you could listen to it and that's your teeth brushing time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My sister actually told me the other day, she's like, oh, I've been listening to your podcast. And I was like, really? <laughs> and uh, she was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, I listened to like four or five of them in a row and it's like, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. So I thought that was a pretty good idea as well because there's a lot of them on there now. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, Elizabeth, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story and then also giving some advice and actionable steps for our listeners on how to become an entrepreneur if that is your um, goal in life. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed speaking with you and um, anytime you want to talk, let me know. I'll be back. Awesome. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O thriving ATL, or online at 2thriving.org.